Uh, welcome to Chatting with Dave, episode two. Um, we've got a guest with me today. I've gone solo for the first episode. I have lovely Mr. Blake Warrell-Thompson. Um, my wife tries to uh, tell me it's just, I have a huge man crush on this on this gentleman, which is probably very, very true. <laughs> Mate, how are you? Mate, very, very well. Good to be here. Good chat. Good. Locked, lockdown life in Byron. Um, not a bad place to be, um, I guess, locked down. How far can you travel? Uh, 10Ks at the moment, big fella, which, as you know, um, plenty can be done in 10Ks. But, you know, the big scheme of things, this is our first lockdown. So, you know, we've had it very good. And, um, you know, I definitely feel a lot more for those in Melbourne and Sydney um, and what they've been through compared to how nice we've had it up here. Mate, lock 10 kilometres, that'll take you out of Byron. It's spot on. I can't go to Lennox, which is the next town, but outside of that, I can pretty much go um, anywhere in Byron. And <clears throat> as you know, I know you've got a nice little home set up. Um, the gym's the one thing that really gets me. Um, so just getting a little bit more creative at the moment, albeit a lot of my training for the Ironman is bike, swim and run. But, you know, any kind of strength training have to get a little bit creative at the moment. Do you have anything at hope? Do you have any equipment? We literally picked up three sets of dumbbells this morning, Jay and I, so we're ready to go. Mate, they're like, um, they're like gold. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I remember last year in lockdown and the Facebook marketplace is ridiculous. It's like I'm selling these weights. They're eight bucks a kilo and they're from um, 1965, you know. Yeah, the, the weightlifting days all rusted and a weight's a weight. Mate, if you need help with that, let me know and I'll send you some programming. Beautiful. Thank Easy you. done. Um, I guess, you know, the main topic for us today is to really focus on um, men's mental health, uh, especially with the current climate at the minute. Um, I've known of one person directly and sort of one um, by association who have taken their lives in the last, um, within the last six months, um, whether it was related to the lockdowns or not. Um, I guess that's not really the main issue. The main issue that I guess the there is increasing awareness within the men's mental health um, spectrum, but there mm. needs to be a whole lot more in regards to that. Um, and, you know, any life is is crazy and um, that's taken, it's heartbreaking. I guess trying to open up and today we'll just chat about how we can open up conversations about that, kind of what you got, got you into that space, um, but really have a big focus on, you know, what it's like for a modern day man to grow up in 2021. Um, mm. I feel like 2020, 2021 has kind of merged into kind of one blur. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was only last night, Cassie said to me, she's like, can you for the first time not figure out what we're going to do for the next month or two? I said, well, I know we're not, I know what we're not going to do, but you kind of mm. figure out what, what you, you know, what you, what you, um, what you can and can't do, which is pretty scary. And, and that messes with a lot of people's minds. They're not in a good headspace that they do struggle. Mm. Um, I guess for yourself, like your lifestyle performance coach, facilitator, and it's some, you know, phenomenal, um, you know, different programs, one that Cassie's jumped on, uh, one that I've jumped on as well. Um, I guess, mate, take us, taking us all the way back, um, for me, I guess, as a man um, and having that mindset and growing up um, as a boy, I guess a boy to man or boy to, you know, to, to adolescent, um, you know, born in the 80s, 
Um, I grew up playing rugby. I grew up playing cricket. Um, if you fell over, you had to get up and shake it off and you couldn't show any pain. You couldn't show any emotion. If you cried, you were weak. Um, and for me, I thought that was the norm. And that, I, I guess that's the norm for, for, for most boys. And even today, you say, oh, mate, you'll be right. Get up, shake it off. Um, for me, that doesn't really sit too well with me now. Um, I look at my daughters and they fall over and or you know that that they're in they're in they're emotional and that they're releasing their emotions. I feel like they need to release that emotion rather than keep it stored up and and blocked up and and um I guess for you, how did what kind of got you into the space you're working in now like what was your main ambition, your main goal to actually help others as opposed to you know just ticking a nine to five job? Yeah, well, um, you know, there's two ways to look at any challenges that you've been through. And, you know, one is very much falling into that victim mode of poor me. You know, this happened in my childhood, this happened in my adolescence, whatever it may be. And the other way is to use it as fuel to fire the passion that you've got. And <clears throat> while I wouldn't wish upon anyone a lot of the things that happened in my childhood, in the, the four walls of my home growing up, um, and a lot of the stuff that kind of went down, you know, even in my 20s and the first bit of my 30s, it has really fueled the fire that is the passion and motivation that I have today. And, you know, I do really good exercise, and I think you did it as well with, you know, us at Momentum. It's an exercise called The Origin Story, and The Origin Story is essentially a makeup of pain, peak, proud, and pivotal moments. And in those four areas, you'll often find what you value. And in the values, you can often find what really fuels you today. So for me, you know, a really destructive um, upbringing in terms of, um, you know, an alcoholic parent, a non-existent parent and a um, super abusive kind of step parent. And that for me, you know, while I wouldn't wish that upon anyone and, and what went on, really fueled a lot of my interest in mental health, addictions, you know, um, you know, suicide, men's work, and it really is easy, you know, on a daily basis for me these days to find the motivation and find anything within to fuel the work that I do. Um, one, because of my own pain points, but two, you know, the landscape of men's mental health and men um, in general, but also, you know, obviously do a lot of work with women as well. So it's, you know, in terms of what fueled it, Fuck, mate, there'd be 15 or 20, you know, pivotal moments that happen in those first 30 years that really fuel everything that I do on a daily basis now. Mate, do you, do you think that with that, with saying that, and you said there was like kind of, you know, there's three little, um, you know, your stepfather and alcoholic parents and whatnot. You can go, do you believe that you can go one of two ways? You can go down that same route, or on the flip side, you can go probably the route you've taken, the route I've taken. I grew up with, um, you know, I grew up with my mum as a single parent. My dad, who is a you know lovely, lovely guy, living in Queensland now in New Zealand. Um, but then mum got remarried, and she married into an abusive relationship where he was very, very slimmer. Stepfather very, very abusive um, towards my sister. Um, abusive towards me, but not so much as physically as he was towards my sister. And then later on in life, he became abusive to me until I figured out I was strong enough to rebuttal it. Um, mm. And that's kind of shaped me into the person I don't want to be. 
Mm. Um, I do see portions of it, not in the physical aspect, but in some ways of thinking, which, you know, I'm working on. But, um, and that's where most of my trauma is, is at the minute, is, you know, mm. my you know, ages seven, eight, nine. Um, but do you believe that you can go one or two ways there? Mate, 100%. And to kind of, I was going to go down the exact point you made at the end of that is you and I have obviously taken a different path. What, you know, on a neurological level is somewhat challenging is we also have taken on a whole bunch of traits that until we have a level of awareness and ownership, we'll continue to, you know, either show up or we'll try to suppress in a dysfunctional way. And what I mean by that is, you know, let's say, for example, you, you gave the example of abusive um, tendencies, similar in my house, is until we acknowledge that and, you know, work through it or heal it, we may find that it shows up in a dysfunctional way. So, yes, you and I have gone down a different path. And, yes, there are still some traits deep in our psyche that we need to be mindful of, you know, whether it's the relationship between the masculine and the feminine and i've been through a whole bunch of dysfunctional relationships myself on an unconscious level because i picked up so many you know yeah. bad habits and patterns at a young age that i didn't realize because that was just my norm that's my reality so while you and i have definitely gone down a different path we do also have to be mindful unfortunately that we've brought along a whole bunch of shit from our upbringing that until we address will continue to you know come with us into the future Mate, I think just like you just saying address, like yeah, hits hits the nail on the head for me. I, um, you're talking about that childhood trauma. I have a real, and I spoke to you boys about it. I spoke to Janelle about it. Um, you know, within the momentum group, you know, I was actually I'll, I'll segue a little bit here, but I was chatting to Cassie yesterday. I said, who would have thought where I would have been today, having never met yourself, never met Deals, never met Genoa, and then randomly going to a um you know a men's mental health chat in the CBD, you know, two and a bit years ago on my own, which is something I'd never ever do. Um and so that so very grateful for it. But it's kinda of led me A to where I am now, where I wanna put a lot of my time and energy to within this space. And um in talking about that that trauma, it can show up in different ways. I, I find that I really struggle to um I like to think I was, you know, a professional rugby player, elite athlete. I'm trying to, you know, CrossFit wise, trying to make the games, but that I, I hit a wall or I hit this mental, this mental block in regards to taking time to myself or actually excelling into something. Um, and I did a kinesiology um, session last week where we worked on that trauma, worked on that block, and I made contact with, you know, like we through some deep breathing and we chatted and we made contact with my seven year old boy. Um, mate, I was in tears, absolute tears whilst breathing and, and chatting to him. Um, and within the last two and a half weeks, minus yesterday, yesterday was, you know, a bit of a step backwards, but the last two and a half weeks, I've, I've actually never felt better stepping into the gym and doing what I need to do. Um, so like you said, we either suppress it or we have to find ways to work through it. And some take longer, you know, some absolutely take longer than others um so in, in terms of that in terms of working your way through it what um explain to me you, your programs what are you currently facilitating um on a singular level and and within a group system well the singular level um is the one-on-one coaching and it's probably kind of 60 percent women 40 percent guys um and make Credit to blokes, you know, obviously we're slightly biased being in a space with momentum in the men's program we've got there. But 
what we've seen is a really impressive transition over the last couple of years of more and more men doing the work. Um, and I still think it's probably three to five years away from normalising men's work. But, um, yeah, really stoked to see the amount of kind of blokes starting to come through and go, fuck, I need to do some work or I need some help. And um, a lot of them reactive and that's absolutely fine. But a lot are starting to become proactive and go, well, sh- you know, shit hasn't completely hit the fan, but my life isn't where I want it to be. And for that reason, I'm going to start to take some action. So that's the one I'm coaching. And then in terms of the group programming, Limitless, which is a program I run on my own, um, which is a mix, both men and women, and then obviously what you've been part of, Momentum with Dills and Genoa. So, mate, we're in a really good space, surrounded by a lot of committed people who are keen to do the work. And also, you know, a significant part of it is is like-minded people. And, you know, loneliness is a serious epidemic at the moment. And I think it will be worse before it gets better, if it gets better. <laughs> and we're really proactive in, you know, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And we're not here to say what is right or wrong in terms of like-minded, but you need to know what, you know, really you're drawn to and find people like that. And, you know, from a position I was in three years ago where I was really flat, really kind of directionless and, you know, transitioning out of the space into the coaching space, I wasn't sure where I was going. But one of the real challenges in that period of time was that I was feeling really disconnected, obviously from myself, um, but really disconnected from, you know, my surroundings in terms of like-minded people. So, you know, we've gone really from one extreme to the other, you know, feeling super lonely to just being surrounded by people who are on a similar page who we feel super connected to and you know creating a really significant and important community of like-minded people which feels really good um and you know I, I think is a significant thing for people who you know might be struggling at the moment to find your people with that um why do you think, and I guess we'll, we'll talk about yourself at the start. So, you know, go, go, rewinding three years, three years ago when you kind of hit rock bottom and, you know, I've heard you chat about it on podcasts before and that I've listened, tuned into and, and, you know, I've heard your story before in regards to you going through, ba- you know, bankruptcy and, and you mm-hmm. know, su- suicide tendencies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What emotions did you go through and what emotions do you think are the stumbling blocks for men to actually start to do work on themselves? Mm. I think the big one is delusion and denial, to be honest, mate. Like, you know, come years ago, and you can, um, I think probably any ex-girlfriend could, can attest to this, is a real lack of awareness, like a real lack of awareness. And you find a way to be quite, become quite delusional in the stories that you tell yourself and the stories that you brought into. And... You know, when I got the knock on the, the door, that was probably six months before, actually. I started I studied NLP neuro-linguistic programming, which started to give me a platform and a base for understanding human behaviour and psychology a bit better. And that was the real, for me, the real wake-up moment of like, fuck, I've just bought into, you know, all these limiting beliefs, all these stories, all this delusion for so many years. And in this, you know, moment, started to wake up and waking up whatever that looks like to you is a constant um process of continuously ever you know evolving but you know really when the um i can't remember the name never pronounce it ob 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 the the person who how do you say it 
The Obbins, Ob, Obbins, Ob, Ob, you, you got me, you got me, Mate, Cuddy, I'm glad yeah. I'm, I'm glad Mate, I'm I said, the only one who can't get that word. Hey, Obbinsman. The Obbinsman, yes, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. know why it's so hard to say. Mate, you got me. When he rocked, <laughs> when he rocked up at my front door with a letter, you know, around filing for bankruptcy, that was the real moment. And, you know, I think one of the struggles for a lot of um, blokes is that they genuinely need a, some kind of rock bottom you know, quote unquote, rock bottom to spark him into gear. And there's, a, you know, one of the, the the barriers is that delusional element and that denial. Um, and, you know, I'm sure women can attest to this. It's not a very safe and comforting place when they can see, you know, as an objective observer of you, of you, that you're in this denial, you're in this delusion. That's not a very safe place for them to be. So I think that's a really significant of awareness um and i think you know there's a real um detachment from you know what you're really feeling and obviously you know being able to communicate that as well so you end up almost in this black hole and this black cave of self-fulfilling prophecies and just this darkness that you can't you know take a step back and look at the landscape a little bit clearer and for me that was a significant bit and you know Albeit I was always interested in personal development, that was a real significant moment for me. Um, and the last three years, you know, has been by far the you know the last three years would easily it's you know account for the last twenty five years previous to that from a growth point of view. Um, and you know, similar to a lot of people, I did have to go through something really heavy, you know, in terms of those suicidal thoughts, the bankruptcy, losing the partner, getting fired from jobs, you know, being moneyless, directionless, and, you know, a couple of days from homelessness to really um, work through to where things are now. And, you know, for me, I don't want any blokes to get to that position. But I think the other thing that we found with momentum is, you know, a lot of blokes might be, you know, slightly open to doing some kind of work. They listen to a, you know, Aubrey Marcus or a Joe Rogan podcast and just, you know, there's a level of development there. But in terms of finding a environment that is, um, you know, easily accessible, attainable and somewhat attractive, up until now, I don't think there's been one. I've been in the personal development space, you know, 15 years and I haven't found a men's, you know, network, so to speak, that I found really appealing. And that was one of our, you know, reasons for coming forward with momentum and creating something that, you know, our type of blokes would get involved in, you know, someone like yourself, you know, blokes that we would want to hang out with, you know, have a beer with, go to, you know, watch the footy with, and we can still talk about, you know, emotional developments, how their relationships go in and, you know, deeper shit beyond just the surface. Yeah. So like for, for me, like when I met you boys and, and stepping into that, I think it was you know, your first one of your first ever presentations, which was pretty cool. Um, I actually went with the with the intention of getting a better understanding to, I guess, of myself to help Cassie, um, because my obviously I, I had I, I had and I've got trauma and and childhood trauma and and you know hi, um, hidden traumas within, um, but something that I would I actually didn't think at it affected me until I did a little bit of NET therapy. Um, so, but with, with that, so I went with the intention of, of coming along and learning more and how it works and the whole concept behind it and that, and really open-minded in order to help Cassie. So that was kind of my angle in. Um, but then it opened up 
into like a, a new realm of, well, shit, you know, this is for me and mm. how I can better myself, how I can put myself first, how I can build my pathways, build my, you know, my building blocks, uh, work through my issues, work through my traumas um, to be a better person, which then facilitates into your family and into your partner as well. Um, did you, so taking you back to, to we'll, we'll chat about momentum for a little bit. So with momentum and, and that, that's the big one anyway, because for me, like your one-on-one stuff's fantastic. And like I said, you're doing work with Cass now, which he's loving um, and dreading the calls at the same time, which, which, is, which is quite a mess. Oh, she's like, shit, oh, should I cancel or cancel or cancel? No, no, you're not going to. It's what you do all the time. A five minute, can, five minute window before you start, you got to cancel. Um, mate, how, did you know, did so did you know Dills and, and Genoa before you started momentum or was it, Oh, okay. We, we're kind of on the same path. We've been introduced to each other. Um, mm. We can potentially because you, you, the three of you have different skill sets, which which I've noticed, which is which you, you work really well. It's like there's almost like a yin and yang between the three of you. Um, mm. How did you boys come up with the idea of of um, yeah building a business to help other people and at the same time help yourself? I guess. Yeah, well, it's I've known Jay for about ten years, and we've literally been in the same group. Um, but it, but we often like there was just a little bit of separation in terms. Of we're in the same group, and you know we we'd go out together and whatever else, but we'd never do anything individually, like you know just go one on one for a beer or anything like that. And then you know over probably you know he was in a very kind of party boy. Um, stage and I you know for a lot of my 20s to be fair I was very kind of judgmental of, of that space mm. you know I was very straight down the line personal trainer no drinking you know no psychedelics nothing like that um, and that created um, I guess distance between me and a lot of people you know with that judgmental um, attitude that I had and then as we both moved you know through different phases and we both started to see you know somewhat more um interest you know he moved into meditation i started moving into coaching then you know i reached out to him one day this was literally um i think it's about five days after complete rock bottom so hmm. you know with everything that happened over a 15 month period the last two things that happened you know as i said to jay i think he was just on his way to sri lanka and i said to him mate like i've literally been stripped bare of everything I had nothing, no possessions, nothing to my name, car, everything, money, girlfriend, everything gone. And I said to him, at least I've still got my physical and mental health. And God bless his cotton socks. There was absolutely no way I had my mental health. And a few days later, I ended up in hospital with um, what they thought was meningococcal at the time. So that was my moment where I was like, fuck, you've literally taken everything. I surrender, albeit surrendering was quite hard for me because it felt quite disempowering, like I've waved the white flag. And then, you know, four days after, I think four or five days after getting out of hospital, I went and did an ayahuasca ceremony, which probably not the best way to recover from being in hospital, but went and did an ayahuasca ceremony. And then the idea another few days after that came to me around, fuck, we've really got to do some work with um, momentum and um, build this men's business. So I rang him at the time he was in um, Sri Lanka, you know, on his third or fourth pina colada. <laughs> and you know kind of pretty comfortable you know took my idea on board and was like yeah yeah but i don't think you thought much, much of it and then i'd reached out to deals in melbourne you know in the meantime um because i've been to a few of his events with his dad in Melbourne. he was interested in men's space and said the same thing and then you know it, it kind of formed really quickly from there where with our first conversation 
Um, and six weeks later, we had our, held our first event in Sydney. Um, and I think it was only a couple of days before the Sydney event, because Deals was in Melbourne and we were in Sydney, that um, Deals and Genoa met for the first time. Oh, oh well. So, so that's yeah, two days before. That Sydney event was the one that I went to. The Sydney event was your first ever event. Yep. Oh wow. There you go. Yeah. 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 First ever event. So that yeah, that was kind of how it was born. And then um, it's you know as you can imagine in the first couple of years when you're doing a lot of research on men and the landscape, it's you know changed a fair bit in the last two years to the point now where we're really comfortable with a good understanding of the men that we want to attract and, and what they're struggling with. Um, and what we need to provide by way of solutions to kind of help them move through what's going on for them. Yeah, well, that's cool. I um, I, I remember that, that obviously that that first presentation. There's a lot of people there. That that that, that blows my mind. That was a first event, and there's such, yeah, I guess the awareness and the, the guys in the room, the the attention to detail that everyone was sitting there mm. watching, and um, you know, there was food on the table, there was drinks, and I dare say that. There hardly any of the food got touched. They were just, I guess, I could say, in awe of, of the the content that was being delivered, um, and almost terminology and vocab and you know context that you guys delivered the presentation in. The way it's done, it's almost like empowering and capturing, um, because those so a lot of these words are not spoken on a daily basis. You mm. know, you, you don't ring you don't ring your mate up and, and talk about it. you just go, hey, bro, what are you up to? Like it's all short, sharp, little bit of slangs and. A little bit of slang and whatnot, and yeah, that that's awesome. I know, like Genoa was deep into that the, the meditation, the Vedic meditation. I, I did a course, I think, with Genoa just after that, uh, which is pretty awesome. cool. And takes yeah. takes some, yeah. That, that that's a that'll be for another another podcast. I'll get him on and and chat. But that took me to some weird spot. Funny enough, actually, we'll, we'll touch base on that any real quickly. But every time I jumped into a meditation, there it took me to a a spot when I was about seven to twelve years old. Every single time. And almost within that period of my stepfather where there was a lot of trauma, that's where my first thoughts during my meditation would take me. And it would take me to Crescent Head. Um, we would go camping every year where we would, um, you know, where a lot of trauma was built through family holidays, funny enough. Um, it was really weird. Yeah, it's bizarre, but enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Um, I guess a really big thing for me is... Uh, you know, obviously, this is a space that I want to get myself into. This, you know, hence why the podcast, and it's not just based on training and how to get stronger and fitter and nutrition. It's more based around mental mm. health and lifestyle and helping other people, um, and and trying to make a change in someone's life. If we can, you know, if you can change one person, it has a domino effect, especially at a time like this. Um, how how does one increase awareness to get boys into the door? Because I know. A lot of men are closed off to it. I know a lot of men, for example, if I speak to a couple of boys or a couple of men um, to come within this circle, like even myself, how would I approach it to say, all right, well, right let, let's, my head trainer, Andy, absolute legend, young kid, 24. How would I get mm. someone like him? He's going to be stoked because this is his second mention on episode two. You got a, you got a, <laughs> he, got a, he got a mention on episode one. Um how do I open the doors for him and to facilitate him to get within, you know, within this circle? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think, you know, coming back to what I said earlier is previously men's work has had a stigma around it, like a bit cringy, a bit, you know, daggy. And I think, you know, having spent a lot of time looking at the landscape, I'd, I'd agree with that. 
And, you know, coming back to kind of what I said earlier, we're probably three to five years away from normalising it and you're going to see a fast growth of men doing the work over the next few years. But I think the big thing is, you know, probably similar to any coach or even, you know, personal trainer, the big thing is you need to find someone that you resonate with. And, you know, if, and one of the questions that we often get asked by women is, you know, how do we get our husbands, brothers, you know, to work with you guys? And you you can't make, you know, you, know, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink it, is you can put our stuff in front of them and see if it resonates or not. That's That's really the first step. And I guess the other thing, you know, that is important from your side of things, which you do so well, is you've just got to lead by example. Yeah. And eventually they see, you know, even I think can Cass can kind of attest to this and most clients that I've worked with is at some stage they're going to get some feedback of like, fuck, you're doing something different. Are you doing something different? You've changed. And when people can see the positive change in you, then that can often open up the conversation. The other thing as well is, you know, if you want to start showing up as, you know, somewhat of a lighthouse in, you know, your environment, your, your friendship groups, is just to be mindful of what building rapport looks like. You know, one of the last things that is helpful is, you know, you've gone and drank this Kool-Aid of, you know, doing a new course and all of a sudden you're fucking pushing it on anyone and everyone and preaching. That generally will create disconnect. So if you're looking to create you know, connection around this and just take people a little bit deeper, then you want to think about building rapport. So instead of, you know, um, the conversation, you know, the standard conversation you have at a pub of like, oh, mate, how was your week good? How's your week good? How's, you know, your fitness good? How's yours good? You can take it just one level deeper. You know, so in terms of building rapport, it's somewhat of a dance. So let's say, for example, you know, you're at the pub and normally you just get the good response, you know, and you might ask your mate, you know, how's how's your partner? And they normally say good, and you'd be like, well, oh, you know, you said a couple of months ago that they were going for a new job. How'd that go? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, awesome. You know, she's loved her first couple of months. Um, you know, she's a lot happier. That's just that little dance of building rapport where you've just gone one layer deeper than you normally would. And, you know, building rapport is just that dance where you go one level deeper, the other person matches you. One level deeper, the other person matches you. So building that rapport will help to start to create that deeper level of connection that might open up that um, that box for you. That's, it's, also like, it's attention to detail as well. So like if you if you yeah. have good friends and good family friends and good mates that you go to the pub with or these days you hop on Zoom and have a beer with, um, we'll save that for another conversation. Um, yeah. That's attention to detail, though, because, you know, if I, if I ask, mm. hey, Blake, how you doing? You go, yeah, good. And you tell me, you know, or, um, you know, I've, I've applied for a new job and you know, I'm working within marketing and this and this, and it starts on, you know, the, the 3rd of September. And then we don't catch up until October. And then our next our next chat is, hey, Blake, how you doing? Are you well? And you go, yeah, good. And I don't bring up, oh, how was your new mm. job? How would you go? What's it like? You know, what are your hours like? How you how are you settling in? Then it's almost like, well, what you told me when we, you know, when we first caught up was almost redundant. Mm. So therefore, there's yeah. not, there's not a lot of a, um, you know, understanding, a lot of awareness going on by your peers, um, mm. and then not a lot of care. Uh, one thing that 
that I like to do, and, and I, I spoke about on, on podcast one, um, is that I look on my phone and within the, you know, the first 10 texts, because a lot of my work stuff comes through my phone as well. But if I look at, you know, through, through my mates, and usually your closest mates are within your first, you know, four or five texts, you know, take my business away from it, within the first four or five texts, a lot of your closest mm. mates are within those few messages. So those are the ones I feel that, you know, you need to always check in on. Um, and always spend a lot more attention to detail. And then obviously, like you said, just slowly broaden the spectrum and open up the doors and, and plant the seeds um, mm. to, to helping others. Like there, there's a lot of people are struggling. And at the moment, um, we've trends, you know, we, we've we've maneuvered and we've shifted to our business online, which we're lucky enough to be able to do that. I know a lot of businesses have had to close, but we have a lot of people struggling um, to stay mm. motivated. To, to do fitness in front of a laptop. Um, yeah. But that's one thing there where, oh, hold on, you can open up a conversation on Messenger um, via text and go, how you doing? How's the family? Mm. How's work? I always encourage um, my trainers at the time and, and to, to know something about your client. And that's yeah. no, no difference. You should know a lot about your friends. Know something about your client rather than them coming in and paying for a service and you giving them a service. Know that they've got three kids. Know that you know they um you know they they sell real estate for a living. Know that one kid's at mm. uni studying law. Um, just go that extra mile to feel like that that little bit more connected um, within that realm within that family. I think that's really important to like you said, just build rapport, but not throw you know all your all your balls into one basket straight away. Mm. Well, there's a bit of you know, good bloke factor in that that you do really well. And, you know, if, you know, Paul Ruse has said it to me a couple of times, is the art of listening, you know, somewhat dead. And, you know, there's listening with the intent to understand. And then there's what most of us do, which is listen to the intent to speak, listen to with the intent to give our opinion, listen, you know, with the intent to give advice, whatever it may be. So really being like present and practicing that. And, you know, don't beat yourself up about it if you, you find yourself not that present, but really being present and engaging in that conversation and really having that person feel seen, heard and understood is one of the best feelings that you can really, you know, have someone feel. And for a lot of us, we don't feel seen, heard and understood by that many people. So if, if you develop that fine art of really listening, really being present and really engaging, then that person will feel amazing once that conversation's finished anyway. Mate, you're spot on, spot on. I think that the, the more we can, the more one can learn that, the, the, the better the world's going to be, which is uh, which is crazy. Mate, um, thank you so very much. I'd like to keep my podcast short, sharp, and straight to the point. Um, mate, that was awesome. A lot of, lot of chat about, um, you know, men's mental health and, and the space that we're in and, and how we can get it better. Um, where can any of the listeners, especially male listeners, I guess, find yourself? Um, and then also the Momentum Boys. Yeah, beautiful. Um, me at Blake Royal Thompson on the gram is probably the best spot. So jump across. I tend to put out um, some information that will hopefully be of help to you. And then the Momentum Lifestyle where myself deals and Jay uh, regularly, you can find um, plenty of stuff on men's performance, health, um, and all things that men need over on that uh, Instagram handle as well. Well, goodness, mate. You're an absolute legend. Thank you very, very much for, for chatting. What day is it? Thursday, Thursday morning. Beautiful. Cheers, big fella. Thanks, legend. Thank you.